A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. Feels more natural every time I do it. I'm Ollie Davis, and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swaff Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? So I just got my hair cut. You did, and you know what's next to the hairdressers that we go to, don't you? Four quarters. Next to that. Um, oh, uh, Breakfast Club? Yes, eventually, on that promenade of shops, yeah. Breakfast Club. Oh, I had a little bit of a beer. Not beery. What am I oh. I'm looking at this beer here. I was about I to say, a... you had a lunchtime beer, no, did no, you? No, 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 That's not who I am. <laughs> I had a little bit of the burgery. Oh, a little bit of the burgery. I, th- I think, you know, in retrospect, I would have preferred the beer. I would probably be more on the ball. Mm-hmm. I had... A th- they they called it a Philly cheesesteak burger. Yeah, yeah. It was not. It was just a cheeseburger. Oh. So that's very different in my mind. A very Philly different. cheeseburger yeah, yeah. is one of the finest culinary creations on this planet. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't. It was a glorified cheeseburger with chips. And I thought, I'm going to counteract that with a strong coffee. Oh. oh it's just it so that's that's the wrong way of doing it. What I've done is I've created a cold and hot front of uppers and downers in my stomach. Yeah. And it's just created a tornado of poop. Well, I'm I'm glad we we've got to stop bringing this conversation down, man. Like this What's is that? No. Well, well, this is what happens when I'm like you're supposed to have this conversation when I'm away because then you guys get the blame and I'm the one who gets praised for bringing the tone back up. Like the Hulk Hogan return after <laughs> the basketball games. What this is my yeah. yeah. I I'm just okay. We'll take the poop out of it. I have got stomach cramps. It's it's just I feel like I've taken loads of cocaine. Don't know what that feels like. <laughs> And at the same time, loads of ketamine. Also, don't know what that feels like. Yeah. So I've I've taken both uppers and downers, 
And you would think they'd level each other out. That was my theory. It hasn't. It's made me both strung out and tired. Oh, mate. What? That, that's the worst of both emotions. That is the worst of both worlds. And it starts here tonight. The worst of both <laughs> worlds. This is going to be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> How have you been? I've been okay. I wanted to share this. Uh, this got sent to me on Twitter just before we came <laughs> on air. This was from uh, Dylan from Cork. Ah, oh, that's nice. Again, excellent. I'm not going to read it out. You know, well, no, I mean, no, I no, am. Not, not for an audio format. Uh, well, this is, uh, so Dylan uh, sent us a message saying, that, uh, this is me trying to get used to calling it the WrestleTalk <laughs> podcast. And it's a picture of the, it's still real to me, damn it, man, from the NWA panel that was very famous about... 10, 15 years ago mm. now. God, maybe 15. Yeah, it must be 15. close to 15. Yeah, yeah, it must be 15 years ago. Saying, it's still ramble to me, damn it. That's nice. It's always nice to be a meme. Uh, and that's a very good appropriation of the former name of this show mm-hmm. into one. Yes. Um, I thought I'd read out a couple of emails, if that's okay with you. Um, although to answer your question, I'm fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm broadly fine. Broadly fine. Um, Enjoy Bake Off. I still haven't seen yesterday. I, I haven't seen. Well, I, I know you weren't here yesterday, and also I haven't seen Bake Off yet, <laughs> and I, I've only half watched last week's. Come on, mate. Well, I, I was, tr- I did watch it on Friday night, you were free, but you I was would've... too drunk and I fell asleep during the final challenge. I'd said to my wife, "I'm just going to put my head on your lap for a bit. Is that okay?" And then she woke me up when the show ended and said, "What did you think?" And I said, "I don't know. I fell asleep." You at the start of this series. That was all you could talk about <laughs> to the extent where it created a whole debate of me not thinking it was that big in America. I was proven wrong, although I still think I'm right. Well, you're not. Though. It's one of those things mm, where I'm like, not, OK, yeah, there's right. loads of anecdotal evidence there. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, uh, I'm pretty sure they're a vocal major- ma- minority. You said majority. Uh, yeah, no, I didn't. <laughs> you did. It's a Freudian blowjob. <laughs> uh, uh, do you know how many Freudians it takes to change a light bulb, by the way? Uh, no. One to hold the light bulb and the other to have sex with my mum. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. So the... the um... y- yeah, that was all you wanted to talk about. No, I know. And and now you're not even watching it. So you just reminded me of that amazing tweet again where someone was like, Rorschach's my favourite comic book character, but I really want to know why his mask is a picture of my parents having sex. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it's because... So I'm doing a new podcast project um, outside of these work walls cheated on but it's not though is it it's, it's not in really. these it's, 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 it's physically it recorded is physically here <laughs> within these four walls it's not but under it, the wrestle talk umbrella it's not under the wrestle talk umbrella um so that kind of like took me out of a couple of tuesdays and then i've been out or i've been at D D, or i've been i can't remember where i was this tuesday um you need to get your priorities sorted mate no well, well i absolutely know but also on a Wednesday, I'm not, uh, sorry, on a Wednesday, I'm not around to watch The Apprentice either. So I got me mum texting me, going like, oh, The Apprentice. And I'm like, mum, stop it. I had to call her this week and be like, mum, you've got to stop texting me about The Apprentice. Because yeah. I, I know you're very good at not sending spoilers, but just be wary. I'm not going to be able to watch it on Wednesday. And my mum said, I might not be able to watch it till next Monday. So you be careful. I'll keep her busy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yes, but uh, I need to catch up on Bake Off. I need to catch up on The Apprentice from last night. My wife did say to me, because she's going to the gym this evening, um, she said, feel free to watch Bake Off. I've already watched it. But don't you dare watch The Apprentice without me. Mm. Fair enough, mate. I think my, my lady partner would be the other way around. She's, I've told you about this before. Fine with the task. Really into the task. 
loves all the play and the the sort of arguments that well she doesn't actually like conflict so she doesn't like it when people shout at each other which, which is a good 60 percent of the show she likes it when they just do well <laughs> when they all just get along i think her perfect movie would just be people hugging you know <laughs> with no dramatic tension but she uh as soon as the boardroom happens, which is what I personally find interesting. You don't, you don't just deconstruct something once. <laughs> no. There's three deconstructions yeah, there. No, no. <laughs> You've got both teams. Then the team that lost. Yeah. Then the three worst people on that team. <laughs> and in between that, you've also got Sugar, oh. Claude and Karen breaking it down even further and really addressing where it went wrong. It is wall-to-wall criticism. Yeah. This is like, this is clinical <laughs> analytical dissection of 20 minutes of oh, fun and it's and it's glorious yeah i love it but as soon as they get into that boardroom as soon as is it who's the secretary he just says can you send them in please she used to have a name yeah but then um, they had to, uh, they had to start paying her there's probably an extra now it's probably one of the runners or do you think it's like we don't want to take away sugar's heat <laughs> you, you can't we can't have people pop in for the secretary no exactly so, i mean uh, i already popped for the terrible cafe of broken dreams mm, okay, i love that place. It's, it's the second biggest thing on the show for me i cackle every time i see it it's such a good visual gag it's so it's so blue <laughs> and the music is depressing if you've never seen the apprentice what they do is it shows because the winning team gets to go off and do a nice treat so they might go get like a spa day or go to get play tennis with some wimbledon person or they get to go racing with some racing fella and then the losing team gets to go to this terrible cafe called the Bridge Cafe. It is an actual cafe in London. Um, and a few people have gone to that I know have gone to see it, and it is the worst looking cafe in the world. And as you say, it's sad music. They're drinking tea out of styrofoam cups because it hasn't even got. And the tea Ugh. looks rubbish. The surroundings look terrible. And then it's it looks it's in the middle of an industrial car park. Mm. What it looks like. It's. It's glorious. It's like the old cafe that used to be next to the old studio. Yes, but worse. Yeah, worse. Oh, yeah, yeah way worse. Um, and as soon as the the breakdown section happens when they go into the boardroom, my lady partner's phone just slowly <laughs> comes up to her face. You know, it's not like, oh, I'm bored now. Mm-hmm. It's the more annoying kind. Yeah. Where it's just, and then it's just Instagram. <laughs> just mindlessly scrolling, scrolling through, scrolling to infinity. Like, just like scroll, look, like what? scroll. I I'm not enjoying, you're making, you're stopping me enjoying the show now. Me and... Go and wash. Me and That's my, what usually happens. She just goes to have a shower. Me and my wife have got a new thing now where we, uh, <laughs> if we have our phones in our hands when we should be watching a TV show together, we just bat them out of each other's hands <laughs> like we're cats. <laughs> So when I, if I get into bed and she's on her phone setting an alarm, even though I know she's setting an alarm and she's actually doing something to put her phone down, I'll still just bat at it. Yeah. To try and be like, we're in bed now. Yeah, I might <laughs> stop. Stop that. it. I might start that, but also accompany it with my voice going. <laughs> actually, there's even more analysis yeah, then yeah. because both teams going through where things went wrong. Then you get the winning team saying where they went right mm. and where they, you know, crit- being catty about each other. Then you get the losing team in the terrible cafe, then the losing team with Lord Sugar, and then Claude, Karen and Alan going through it, and then the worst three. Oh, nothing but analysis. De- debriefing. Oh, It's just debrief it. after debrief. <laughs> and, and in the penultimate episode of every series, it's all like that. <laughs> 
the, in, the solely interview oh, the, episode. It's the best thing of the show. Is je- the, the highlight of the, apart from the scavenger hunt, uh, yeah. which is always fun, the, yeah, the, the interview only episode. One of my favorite scavenger hunt things ever was when a scouser didn't know what a cloche was and kept saying, cloche? Does anyone know what a cloche is? Bringing up people, have you got a cloche? What is a cloche? Cloche, well, I discovered by watching yeah. this show, is the metal tray that reveals food. Ah, uh, yes, I remember that episode now. Yeah. So in a fancy downtown abbey sort of environment. That's right. The, the waiter would do that. Open up a domed stainless steel lid. And that is called a cloche. And, yeah, there would be, I don't know, a poor person <laughs> in their mouth beneath. And going by what Downtown Abbey has told us, they're grateful to be there. Oh, yeah, just happy. Just so happy to be eaten by the rich. Oh, thank you for giving us a job in these hard times, Thank Governor. you so much, Governor. I really appreciate being a slave. I do. Oh, what better you pay me? I'm a slave in all but name. <laughs> Anyway, let's crack on with the show itself, and then we will get to your emails in the outro portion of this show. So, not a negative episode, despite what the title may suggest, but did AEW make a mistake in their main event? Here is the show. Get into this main event mistake first off i really enjoyed the show loved this show i thought this show was great flew by oh. two hours of tv there were points in this episode where i thought this feels like a pay-per-view a b-level pay-per-view show just because you had that big time moxley omega that pack and page tag so- match i got just as soon as they said this match is coming up next I was like, I could feel myself sitting up in my chair mm. being like, oh my God. And then when all four of them were making their entrances, I was like, this is, this is incredible stuff. And they, the match just got better and better and better the longer it went on. I loved it. That star power. Oh. And it also had, you know, a women's title match. Yeah. It was pretty big. Rio versus Britt Baker. Totally bought into those near falls. Yeah. And it also, also had a main event of Chris Jericho versus Darby Allen. You know, that's three big shows there. A lot of star power. And not everyone was on this show. The Young Bucks only had a cameo appearance. No MJF, Sean Spears. Nope. Just what a deep roster and how well they're exposing them. Yes. You know, j- just enough to, to keep those plates spinning. And I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see next week because of all these people I haven't seen. And you can do that because you're giving the wrestling matches enough time. Oh, yeah. And it's not like, oh, yeah, we've got a five-minute match here and here and here and here. So we have to get everyone on the show... I guess we're just going to have to... We can't put on wrestling, so... <laughs> promos? Yep. This was just wall-to-wall wrestling, pretty much. There was no Cody in person on this show. No, but he did have an amazing video package to hype up and keep that plate spinning ahead of the match um, on November 9th. However, hmm. our standards are very high for AEW. And I think that's deservedly so because we've had WWE inconsistent storytelling and rules forever... And AEW are still learning the ropes. I'll see what you did there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for for to, for what their audience is really on a weekly basis. And as we saw with that first episode, which should have been this brilliant cathartic experience, but unfortunately for me was mired by 
a lot of logic holes and that whole, but this is a DQ in the main event. Why is the match still going on? It was just too confusing. And I believe the live crowd felt that way too. So it sucks out the atmosphere of the match. This is an incredibly smart crowd. It's a crowd that knows the rules to your wrestling stipulations. So the main event of Allen versus Jericho was a Philadelphia street fight. Correct. Because it was in Philadelphia, which is the home base of ECW, which is famed for no DQ, no rope break. Anyone can use weapons. And it was with Darby Allen, so it kind of like it all sort of tied together. And I can see the logic that they went down with this. So what happened was, in the match, bearing in mind this is a Philadelphia street fight, as you said, Darby Allen gets put in the walls of Jericho, he gets to the ropes, and Aubrey Edwards says, one, two, and she counts Jericho to get off, and they get into a shoving match. Later on, Darby Allen gets into the walls of Jericho again, and gets to the ropes. During a pinfall attempt, he gets his hand on the rope to break the pin. And the crowd booed this mm. and chanted, it's a street fight. On, on the first one, they were like, you, you could noticeably hear them go, hmm. hmm. And then on the, because I think, you know, they're, they're willing to, okay, that was one. Let's just not think about it. But then the second one, yeah, they booed it like very significantly. And then start a, a loud chant. This wasn't a small portion of the audience. Started chanting, it's a it's street a, fight. It's a street fight. As a, almost as if to, hey, guys. You're in a street fight. Stop doing rope breaks. Yeah. And so here's where I can see the logic of this. Only, okay, not logic. Here's how I can see they came to this conclusion. I think they booked backwards. What they wanted to do was have Darby Allen do his no-handed comeback. Because Jericho then taped his hands behind his back because he kept reaching out for the ropes. So, in theory... That makes sense within the, the confines of the match. Mm. Jericho wants to make him tap out. He keeps reaching for the ropes. How do you stop that? Tie his hands behind his back. So that's the finish they came up with. That's actually a really nice bit of storytelling. I think it's a really yeah. great bit of storytelling. So they thought, okay, well, that's the finish we want to do. But can't tie his hands behind his back because that would be a DQ. Ah, well, I'll tell you what. Let's make it an ODQ match then. We'll make it a Philadelphia street fight. But then you've almost lost the... Or when you get to the ropes and you turn to get off, that... That's no DQ. So I can see how they got there, mm. but it's almost like you just sort of missed that one crucial moment. And it almost felt as if when the crowd started to boo and chant a street fight, someone backstage went, ah, oh, missed that bit. Yeah, yeah we, we might, have, might have overlooked that. Yeah, and our standards and our expectations are, as I said, rightfully high for AEW. You know, we're measuring these shows on a much higher basis than WWE because they're saying that wins and losses matter that there aren't going to be any logic holes. Everything's going to make sense. That's the stuff they're saying. So we're like, okay, this is a New Japan-level product where we're going to view it with those eyes. And when New Japan make these sorts of errors, we again take those critical uh, eyes to it and be like, well, that doesn't really make sense. Yeah, and when WWE did it, I mean, you know, this is eight, nine days now after a Hell in a Cell match ended in, well, what we thought at the time was a DQ finish. It was actually a match stoppage. It's kind of split in hairs. But the whole audience booed that because they're, smart, they're a smart crowd and that's a crappy finish and it doesn't make sense. This was nowhere near as bad as that. It's nowhere near as bad as Brock Lesnar winning a Money in the Bank no. he was never a part of. No, no, no. Nowhere near as bad as that. We're not saying it is. But it's just, um, you shouldn't do it. <laughs> it's, yeah, it, it, it is a shame really because I... I as I said, it's a nice bit of storytelling mm. having 
Darby constantly get into the rope, so you tie his hands behind his back. Then you also get the amazing visuals of Darby Allen doing his big flip dives through the ropes with no hands behind his back. Climbing the ropes, like climbing the turnbuckle to get to the top rope, such incredible balance yeah, and agility, yeah. to then do like a whisper in the wind style move. He went up to the top rope several times because he went up to do the coffin drop second time round before Jake Hager pushed him off. Damn you, Jake Hager. So it was a really cool visual. The problem was, because the crowd essentially got burned on that second rope break and started chanting, it's a street fight, they were less into that comeback mm. than they would have been had we not had the confusion about why is that a possible DQ. And credit to AEW, I will say this, credit to AEW. If you're watching this on TV at home, they set out their stall very early on. Right at the start of the match, you had JR and Tony and Excalibur say, this is a Philadelphia street fight, but rope breaks still count so yeah I, yeah I i think you know just saying that is a logic we are we're covering over this logic hole because we're telling you now rope breaks will happen in this match and that's fine you know because that's sort of you know in, it doesn't really work but hey at least you've tried to cover up this hole problem is the live crowd don't hear that mm. live crowd in the building just see dqs possibly happening in an odq match and that's why they chanted, it's a street fight. And it affects the match, the reaction of the crowd. That's like a huge part of viewers at home enjoying the match. A, a dead crowd can take a, an entire star or a star and a half off the quality and experience of, of a match. I Yeah, the, so the, the announcers did bring that up. To be honest, when I watched it the first time, I was just like, oh, that's annoying. I didn't really think much of it. But then when you convinced me that it was, you know, this is annoying. We mm. should call it out. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's, 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 it's cheap. It's lazy to say, oh, yeah, this is a Philadelphia street fight. First of all, I've, I've never understood <laughs> what the geographical location of a street fight does to the rules of a match. I think it is, it's just done to pop the hometown crowd. Mm. Like a, a Brooklyn you, street exactly, fight. Or a Chicago street fight. It's just a way to be like, hey, we're in Chicago, we're doing a Chicago street fight. They're all just street fights, you know, it doesn't really make a difference. Mm. But yet, I, the idea of especially adding the ECW home base of Philadelphia, you would think, oh, if it's a Philadelphia street fight, then there's definitely yeah. no, no DQ stuff going on. So it's 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 lazy, and someone really should have thought. Someone really should have gone. Nah, nah, that's that's not right. Yeah, that it doesn't, doesn't quite work. work. So we can either have a match where you tell this really cool story of Jericho tying the hands behind the back, and it's a normal rope break match. You know, just a standard one on one, maybe behind the referee's back. There's a ref bump. You can do that, mm -hmm. or you don't have that. And you have a Philadelphia street fight where it's no DQ yeah. entirely. And you still do the hands tied behind the back. You just you just take out the rope break elements yeah, of it. Yeah. Maybe, uh, well, yeah, the, but a, a huge part of the tying the hands behind the back well, is that's because I mean. of yes. the ropes. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe... You'd have had to just find a different storyline reason to do that. Weapons are lying around. Darby keeps managed to grab one and yeah. get out of it. So this time, oh, I'm tying your hands behind your back. You know, yeah. we, we just came up with that just then. Yeah. So, yes. It is a shame. But overall, I really enjoyed the show. I really enjoyed this main event. I was going to say, to uh, to put those quibbles aside, and that's pretty much what I'm saying my review that's going up after this. It is just quibbles. Like, these are not, like, this is not deal-breaking stuff for me. These are just, these are minor quibbles. But I thought the match itself was really, really good. I love some of the little small details about it. So 
Darby Allen, his face paint was just champ. Mm. It just written champ like all over his body. Half the body. Half, yeah, half Love the body. That. It's so, so cool. I also like the real niceness that this is the first time that Jericho's brought the pain maker gimmick to AEW. And the commentators explain that's because he wants to show Darby Allen, your face paint doesn't scare me. That's that's a wonderful bit of character yeah. work there. I think that's really, really nice. Does, uh, does Darby Allen remind you of Eminem? <laughs> because they've both got blonde hair. I don't know. I just think there's a you know this punk kid from the streets. So. <laughs> All white guys look the same to you, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're horribly racist. Like that. <laughs> uh, the you you, you uh, Pete and Laurie. <laughs> Zach Gibson, Mark oh, Andrews, no, yeah. oh. just one big beardy, bald, white mess is what I see. Pretty much. I'm also, as well, really want to put over one of the criticisms I've heard a lot for AEW recently, and it's a criticism I've kind of got as well, is that the music presentation for their wrestlers, it doesn't really get them over it. It's not like they have these great themes that make you go like, oh, when you hear that theme, you get you pop really massively for it. But Darby Allen's theme is brilliant it's wicked i thought I, a few times i wrote that's a cool theme that's a cool theme so either they're changing themes and yeah. i'm not noticing or they're making more of them yeah so yeah it's good that they're fixing that to add another massive positive and I, it 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 follows on from something i said last week how they're getting over these supporting roles so justin edwards sorry justin roberts who's yeah. justin edwards he's a long jumper in the olympics <laughs> justin roberts as the ring announcer, you know, he's got those flourishes. And I feel like he's a character. Yeah. Uh, how the mullet Atlas security guy, he's a character. They don't do anything, but WWE limit those people because they're like, ah, you can't show any character because that takes away from the pops you give the wrestlers. That's why all their backstage interviewers show very little personality. They're robots. As opposed to like a mean Gene Oakland. What they don't understand is that given everyone personality makes everyone have more personality. It's not like, oh, no, we have to limit yours so yours can look better by default. But what they've done here is Aubrey Edwards. Oh, my, she's so massively over. I think she, you know, Scorpio Sky had a great showing in that opening tag. I come away thinking Aubrey Ed Edwards is the strongest person booked on this show. She's a star. Yeah. <laughs> she's an absolute star. So she, she might be the most over woman in, in yeah, AEW. Yeah. She, I want to see her face Rio. <laughs> She, Jericho, after one of these rope break spots, I'm thought, I mean, it's a testament to how much I, I like her that Jericho, you know, she was in the wrong, really. And not by her letters of the law, it was lazy, but booking wise, it was illogical. And Jericho mouths off to her. She just pushes him, yeah. shoves him back. A proper like, Earl Hebner style. Yeah. Made, yeah. And earlier on, there was, um, was it the Lucha Bros she had a scuffle with? Uh, it might have been, yeah. We'll, we'll go through it. But I, I thought this was a. A really, really solid match, actually. I thought it was a really good showing for Allen. As I said, his no-handed comeback was absolutely sensational. Really, really sensational yeah. stuff. So Aubrey stole the mic from Phoenix as he was trying to cut a promo. Like, no, oh, start was, that match. was that during the ad break? Mm. Oh, nice. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I watched all the ad break stuff. Uh, but yeah, the, but Darby Allen, he's got something. Oh, he's so good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, really good. And this was the first title defense? For Jericho, yeah. For, for the for, whole yeah, world yeah. title. Yeah. And I thought that's... That's something that Darby can always have because he's not going to be a main eventer now. Yeah. Not even next year. But in two years' time, this guy was in the first ever title defense and now he's getting another shot. And maybe that's when you pull the trigger. Yeah. It's crazy. I thought, you know, when I, whenever I'd seen him, I'd just been like, you're too small. But he gets over. He, he massively gets over. And this was... 
It's a testament to how good Dynamite is as a show and how good AEW are as a, as a company that at the end of this show, I did feel slightly down on it because of the, the, the crowd turning against the match. And I was like, oh, God, that's a, that's a really irritating logical. And that's, that's, it's actually annoyed me. I know it's nitpicking, but it has annoyed me because I'm like, oh, I, I have got higher standards mm. for this. But then when I was actually writing on my review for it, I was like, this is a great show. This was a terrific episode of wrestling. And it's just that, that one thing. And as, soon as I, and as soon as I look back on the rest of it, I'm actually like, do you know what? I don't really mind. I actually don't mind that there was that thing because overall, the show was brilliant. If we had that level of scrutiny for Raw and SmackDown, we'd lose our mind. <laughs> yeah. These shows would be five lengths the, the time, five to, five to whatever I'm saying. Uh, the, I, see, I was down after this show. Oh, really? Because Darby lost. Oh, wow, and really? That, and you know, like, you know. Because yeah, Jake Hager pushed him off as well. Was he was making I, his comeback. I was worked, brother. Yeah. And I love, but that's why I'm a wrestling fan. I want to be worked. It, it gives me a thrill to believe in something and suspend my disbelief. And they showed shots of the crowd, usually attacked I hate because Kevin Dunn overuses it. But when they've got the right expressions, it's actually very effective. They cut to this guy in the crowd when... Alan's being worked over. He's got his arms tied behind his back. He's defenseless. Yeah. And this guy in the crowd looks so sad. Yeah. <laughs> like concerned for him. And that's how I was feeling. So it's like, it's that when you, it's a, it's a technique used in films all the time. When you, when you see people watching something, you double empathize. Yeah. And you sort of empathize with yourself. It's a really weird feedback loop of emotions. So that was really good. And I, it made me think, wow, I'm totally into Derby winning. He should not win this match. No. Every logical intellectual thing in my body is saying, no, keep the title on Jericho. That's the right result. Never is, never should Derby have won this match. But my heart, I wanted him to win. And that's, I, yeah, that's hugely exciting because sometimes I get jaded and I think maybe I won't think that way anymore. And the bubbles burst for me and I'm not a kid. But I was brought back to that innocence. Do you know what I thought was also great about this show? We have now got AEW's green shirt guy and long-haired dude with his mum. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed the, the kid that's dressed up as Orange Cassidy? <laughs> so there's a, there was a kid dressed up as Orange Cassidy last week, and he was there again this week with his dad. And I think it was his birthday. Legend. Because they, they showed there's a clip being shared online of like them bringing him into the ring. And he is dressed like he's in the denim, like the Canadian tuxedo with the Orange Cassidy t-shirt. He's got the same thing. They're calling him Clementine Cassidy. Oh, <laughs> very good. It's very good. But he was there front row. And I noticed him again. I was like, is the kid dressed up as Orange Cassidy? Is he just as cool? Is oh, he no so selling everything? He does like the, the, the no thumbs up thing as well. <laughs> it's, it's so good. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Let's give a shout out to our wonderful Pledge Hammers on Patreon. Indeed, if you want to get your name shouted out on the Wrestle Talk live show, and listen, Wrestle Ramble there, all you got to do is become one of our Pledge Hammers on Patreon at the $25 and above level. And coming this Friday, it's mine and Ollie's review of Bound for Glory 2010, which features the triple threat match between Kurt Angle, Mr. Anderson, and Jeff Hardy for the vacant TNA World Championship, and the debut of a new super heel group with Eric Bischoff's One Idea. And what else was on that card? They had the really confusing handicap match. Lethal Lockdown. Quite aptly for this review, the Young Bucks versus Motor City Machine Guns. That's right, yeah. When the Young Bucks were called Generation Me because TNA thought they were entitled Young Punks and called them Generation Me. This is almost a decade ago. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, also the Lethal Lockdown match, which featured Fortune of AJ Styles, Bobby Roode, James Storm, Matt Morgan, and who am I missing? Yes. And Kazarian, yeah, Frankie Kazarian, taking on an ECW revival act of my boy Raven, who is not looking good, Sabu, Rhino, Stevie Richards, and Tommy Dreamer. Of course it's Tommy Dreamer. Of course it is. With a remarkably cluster F finish for a lethal lockdown match, which was their version of War Games. I'm surprised Tommy Dreamer didn't just materialise in the <laughs> ring when there were kendo sticks being used in Philadelphia. Just crying. On this episode. Uh, so, uh, Pledge Hammer shout out to $25 a month or more backers. Thank you, Ken. I'm not eligible for a case of craft beer. De Leon. Thank Whoa, you, yeah. buddy. Uh, this one goes out to X, Red, White and Black X of the, tr- uh, of the trio of lunatics. Subscribe now. Well, that sounds like a plug. No one names their kid this anymore. Larry. Larry. No one can last Sean Fur longer than him in the ring. Yes, good name. Rebel without a crew, Robert Rodriguez. Nice, I kid. Master of the Mayor Lock, Joe Mayer. Whoa, yeah. Uh, Float like a butterfly. Sam and Ali. Oh, with yeah. his great card work. Let's have a drink, Christopher Travis Merriman. Woo-hoo-hoo. Duncan. Just Duncan. Just Duncan. Yes. Butter me up, Soren Nord. Woo-hoo. Oh, butter me up, Buttercup. Robert Spencer. Period. Speaking of TNA, yes. Ryan B. Bad. Oh, he's bad. Shower lurker, Jacob Bates. It's not weird. It's not weird. A psycho reference. reference. King George Phillips. We've met oh, him. We have. A lovely guy. 
Hallamania, Patrick Hall. Running wild. And last but not least, he who is named Len Del Brenson. Nice yes. work. Thank you very much, everybody. Take a look at your super, super, super chats that are coming in. Thank you to Mod Mother for uh, gathering these today. Be nice to her in the chats, will you? Say hello to her. So, Jobber JJ, uh, Ollie Davis's number one fan, said, uh, When your drunk dad uh, drinks too much bubbly and you find a skateboard, it never ends well. <laughs> Love the inner circle. Hashtag a little bit of the bubbly. That clip of Jericho on the skateboard is so funny. Yeah, so one of the bits that Jericho does around the ring is he just gets Darby's skateboard and just does what, like, one meter max on it uh, it's that off. yeah and then slips off it's like my favorite comment i've seen on it so far was someone said when i tell people that i used to skateboard when i was a kid this is actually what i was doing yeah. <laughs> uh, matt field said a major return last night for aew logic holes <laughs> it's a minor return yeah yeah uh, Steve Winyard says the mistake AEW made was not letting the crowd know, but the commentary told us there would be rope breaks. That's what we said in the in the chats. Yeah, I mean it's still it's it's still lazy. It's still contrived, and I don't think you can say Philadelphia Street Fight and oh, there's no rope breaks. Yeah, like, exactly. It, it doesn't work properly. Yeah, and Dwayne Crisp on that said Excalibur said clearly there are still rope breaks. Yeah, as I said, the commentary did their best to try and cover it up because they knew. That it is a logic hole, but it's like, well, we can, we can cover that crack with this one line of dialogue. That's fine. It's the crowd, the live crowd didn't know that, and that's why the live crowd booed the match. Mm. But it's still like, it's a crack with tape over it. <laughs> I'm still going to fall into that crack. Spencer O says, Darby Allen versus Orange Cassidy in a no-hands match. <laughs> I was thinking that when Darby had them behind his back. I thought, that's, that's Orange's gimmick. <laughs> Uh, Anonymous Anonymous says, I think they're intending to make street fights different from lights out matches like Joey Janela and Kevin uh, and Kevin Omega, Kenny Omega. The ref was also distracted when Hager attacked, but alas, we're conditioned by WWE rules. I think that's a misinterpretation of the stipulations. Mm. Lights out is effectively an unsanctioned match, which is why you get like, you know, the AEW as a governing body would say we don't want any part of this lights are off it's like yeah. yeah like they've stepped back and they're, they're not counted in their wins and losses exactly. so i think it's a really nice touch so that is enough of a distinction for me i think as soon as you go outside of normal rules you know you've got no dq elements have to apply anonymous anonymous adds also street fights count in wins and losses but unsanctioned matches don't i think they're trying to be different things I think well, I think that's enough of a difference. Mm. I don't think you need to then add in oh, rope breaks, no rope breaks. Well, Nathan Jones says street fight rules always have had rope breaks, but then it's not a street fight, surely? Yeah, because you can go anywhere. Yeah, because like all of a sudden you're just saying like, well, you can't be DQ'd for using a chair, but you could be DQ'd because you didn't let go of the the the, the hold in, yeah. in your ropes, or this count has to be broken up because, and it's just it's it's like the cage match they did earlier this year, the Shane. Miz match when they had a rope break inside a cage match and you're like well why is there a rope break what are you going to do DQ them there was a women's one as well wasn't it that was all built around Sasha or something trying to get to the ropes yeah can't remember uh, and uh, Blake Mickelson <laughs> says Aubrey Edwards versus Chris Jericho is coming a little bit of the in agenda <laughs> I uh, I mean it's, it's a feud that I'm going to be watching closely oh, absolutely yeah
Um, man, this crowd looked amazing this week. Yeah, third week. I think the first three weeks were sellouts. Uh, I don't know what the state is of future ones. Mm-hmm. Still a novelty. Still a lot of people bought these tickets off the original hype. A lot so of scalpers don't... bought tickets as well, mm. thinking they could sell them at the markup. But I've, I believe they have. a lot of them have struggled to do the big resale because they've essentially marked them up too high. Yeah. Because scalpers are scum. <laughs> uh, so I don't know what next week's going to be like. I think ratings-wise... You got that that first week bump, and then it drops, and I think we're slowly going to see an increase. Live attendance-wise is slightly different because you get that that high, and that high will be sustained because it's all bought off that that momentum at the start, but then it will start to drop off, and then it will hopefully start to raise. Rise again, yeah. So I, I expect the crowds to get lower, but I think the way they're shooting it and the passion of the, the fans should make it still feel really like Absolutely, yeah, because even when there are, you can see some empty seats around the arena, it never feels like there are empty seats because the crowd are always so hot for this. Mm. And this this was a hot, hot crowd throughout this night as well. And they were very hot for SCU versus Best Friends to kick us off in the tag title tournament. Uh, But as Christopher Daniels and Kazarian are making their entrance, they're only bloody attacked by the Lucha Brothers on the ramp. Off of last week's segment. Two weeks. Was it two weeks ago? It was the first episode. Ah, Yeah, well long-term storytelling i remembered that yeah <laughs> uh yeah so that the lucha bros attacked them in a night where tag teams aren't gonna have their proper lineups i know <laughs> oh well we'll get to that and then uh, they gave pentagon gave uh, daniels the pence driver up on the ramp and then scorpio sky runs down in his slacks and his tennis shoes to to break this up and um sort of send them to the back and they had the young bucks and shima came down to check on christopher daniels medics put him on a board and took him to the back but scorpio sky stepped in for for daniels to to take mm-hmm. on his position and, and go through the into the tag match um cool little angle to to kick off the show and it led to a very very fun match yeah i so i think they're gonna i mean we're just getting Ah, oh, terrible news. Luchasaurus is out for months oh. with a quad tear, according to PW Insider. That is... Cheers, uh, Randy, for letting us know. Thank you, Randy. <laughs> terrible news. Cheers for that terrible news, Randy. Uh, we'll get into that more when we talk about that match. So, yeah, r- really good... Yeah, really hot match. And it was all designed to get the person people knew least, Scorpio Sky, although, you know, I, I, I would argue SCU are very over as a unit... But Sky doesn't have the level of recognition as Kaz and Daniel. He's not been doing this for 20 years. Totally. They made him look like a star. Oh, yeah. They made his shoes look like a star. Yeah, his shoes got massively over. Yeah, so uh, the, the actual match was, like you said, SCU versus Best Friends. You had private... No, private party were out there later, weren't they? Yeah. Where, so Chucky T takes off Sky's shoe and is biting the toes. <laughs> yeah. And the whole crowd are like, boo. Yeah, and, you sick F. Yeah, and uh, then Sky throws his other boot to the crowd, does a dive, yeah. and then someone throws the boot <laughs> back. So it was all, it was all really fun. Yeah, um, very ECW vibe to it. But the, it's so masterful that I know we keep saying, WWE say there are no such things as heels and faces anymore. It's all a, areas of grey. And we're very much like, no. There definitely is ba- like clear baby faces and clear heels, and those are the most effective ways to tell stories. 
But AEW really are convincing me. That there that is a case for it. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's a tweener. Yeah. Everything's great. I think you can still have an out and out baby face. Well, that's the thing. I think the best friends are out and out baby faces, but they were using. A bit of toe. Well, I know. Well, I think they were using, particularly because they were targeting Kaz's back, and they were the ones who were working over Kaz. So you could say, well, they were working their heels in this match, but they were taking advantage of an injured wrestler to try and win the match. Mm. They weren't going to be like, well, we'll play it fair with you because you got attacked i'll hurt my back no they were targeting it back because that is an effective use that is an effective way to win the match they were trying to win a match for my very rigid sense of morality though i would i would class them then in the tweener role i would say and i would say 95 percent of aw's roster are tweeners in fact i haven't seen anyone who is properly so far that is properly nope you're injured I'm going to be respectful and I'm going to fight around that. I'm going to give you time to stand up. I'm going to, you know. Yep. So that that for me is, that's a proper baby face, someone with a code of honor and doesn't break it. Well, their code of honor is hugging. Mm. And yes. they got to do the hug here because they did the hug and they did the big camera pullback, the, the Rainmaker camera pullback. It's really, really good fun stuff. Uh, and then right at the end, they did... I, I, I'm curious to get your take on this. I felt like this was a bit of a botch as well where Kaz did a powerbomb and it felt like Sky was late to do his mm. part of the move. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't the smoothest of finishes and that's what they uh, that's what they won with. They put it over that it was a powerbomb with a drop kick to the back of the head but I think he was probably meant to get underneath with like a, almost like a backbreaker <laughs> style move. And Scorpio looked visibly upset and unhappy that, that it wasn't a smooth finish and Kazarian was effectively telling him like Act happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But JR did a really good job J- of saying... Oh, I loved this. They've made a star out of Sky in one night. Well, and- the other side of that, is I thought JR did really well in covering for why Scorpio Sky mm. was acting that way by saying he's upset, folks, because he of wanted course. it to be Daniels and Kazarian. He wanted his friends to advance in this tournament, which yeah. I thought was really, really nice. That's really... That's a really good point. Yeah. Uh, I... Yeah, just structurally, mate, mate, it, obviously something did go awry because all the near falls that had just come before it were so much better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so when the finish did come, it was a bit like, eh. <laughs> it's not as hot. So do you want to hear my fantasy booking? Please lay it on me. So Young Bucks are out there feuding with Ortiz and Santana. Mm-hmm. You know, arguably they should be in this though. So we now have, spoiler for later, Private Party versus the Lucha Bros in the semis mm-hmm. and SoCal Uncensored versus the Dark Order. Yes, who who got the buy through their winner all out. Now, Lucha Bros, this is such smart booking because they also had a load of other tag teams feud randomly with other tag teams and just beef. Yeah. We're not facing you in our bracket at all, but we're just going to have a scuffle like Private Party, uh, Ray Phoenix and, and Helico. So there's a lot of... And Helico and Jack Evans, you mean? What did I say? You said Ray Phoenix. <laughs> just want him in all the teams. <laughs> So there's a loads of misdirection there, really smartly done, because then you're like, I don't know who's going to go through, because yeah. everyone hates each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now it's becoming clear the plan has always been for SCU versus and Lucha, Lucha Brothers. Brothers. Yeah, yeah. And it's you know so obvious looking back. Br- brilliant storytelling. And they've taken out Daniels. It was a hell of an injury angle as well. Really, really good. Like, they sold it so well. Stretcher comes down. You've already talked about Sky. Yeah. The Young Bucks ran down. That was yeah. the only appearance of the Young Bucks for the whole show. Yeah. And they stretcher him out. Looks really serious. Uh, the package pile driver's been very protected anyway. It's a fantastic move. Oh, and they use that to great effect in their match with Jurassic mm. Express later on. 
So that main event, oh sorry, the 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 finals has surely got to be the return of Daniels. Yeah. But like you cut, you cover it up, and he comes out. I don't know how they're going to do it. There's many ways you can. Well, you could have it that they attack Scorpio again on the apron and lay him out, and just be like, "Time for the forfeit." And that's when Daniels makes his return mm. to be like, "No, no, it's me." Or With the neck brace on and everything. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, so uh, you do I, the big neck ta- neck brace takeoff reveal. I'm very, very excited. And who cares if that's predictable? I get it, I, if that happens, I'm very happy. <laughs> yeah. uh, so next up, we had. Santana on Ortiz and a lovely bit of backstage filming. I love the way they film everything, really. Yeah. Uh, it's sort of, I don't know if it's on a jib, it just sort of follows them around the background, slightly out of focus, looks really cinematic. And they walk out to face Alex Reynolds and John Silver. Long John. Oh, they're getting squashed. Oh, baby. <laughs> and they got squashed, yeah. It was basically, I liked, um, uh, <laughs> I believe it's uh, it was Ortiz doing the back rakes, and every time he did it, he would then do the thriller pose and go. Ah. And he was, was bite, biting yeah. the ropes and everything. He was also wearing a bum bag here and here. <laughs> they, um, I, I think I remember which one it was. It was either Santana or Ortiz were tweeting earlier that someone said it's one year to the day that they did the, um, or it's, it's about one year that they did the. Um, the concrete jungle street fight yes. where, between them and uh, Homicide and Hernandez where they took the mat to and they did it on the boards. And he tweeted out saying, like, top five dumbest things I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> that was so brutal. Oh, such a brutal match. Um, so this was over very quickly. Yeah, they hit the street the sweeper for the win. Jobbers hardly got any uh, offense in. I should say enhancement talent, let's be respectful, because they, they, they did their role perfectly. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, then it cuts to Jericho cutting a promo backstage. Really built up Ortiz and Santana. I'm not saying LAX. I think I've fixed it. And he just, like, he challenges the Young Bucks on their behalf to a match at full gear. Yeah. Oh, and that is a match that I am all over. And then to continue just the, the excellence, a terrific promo for Cody. This was great. This was so good. So it, it starts with Cody just at his kitchen counter just looking down sort of thinking about something and brandy walks in starts talking her voice slowly gets muffled and then this sort of sad piano music comes in and it just goes into loads of other people talking about cody how determined he is how hard he trains mjf his mum brandy ddp oh yeah wearing a dusty roads t-shirt doing a dusty roads impression <laughs> which was just brilliant it was uh, so good just added so much credibility and this is I mean, there's stuff later that, that's so obviously Kenny Omega. Like, that spot word, Moxie gets out his weapon. Omega yeah. gets out his weapon. It's comic book splash page. This is all Cody. This is... It was fantastic. Yeah. What I really liked about this is that everyone had something unique to say mm. about Cody. They weren't all saying the same thing. Brandy talked about him from one aspect. His mother talked about him from one aspect. DDP talked about something from one aspect. MJF would say, like, he's the face of this company, and if he's not champion, that's killing him. Yeah, I love that line. That, and that's really great. But then you've got DDP going, like, I've known him since he was 12 years old, and he was driven then, but he's even more driven now. Then you've got Jim Ross being, like, oh, yeah. he's got all of his uh, you know, EVP stuff to be done, though. I don't know if he can get past Chris Jericho. But then you've got Tony Schiavone going, like, he's not looking past Chris Jericho. It was just 
there were so many different voices happening, but they were all building this character and hyping up this match. I thought this was a masterful bit of of TV production to hype a match and a char- and build a character. I hope they do more of this for more of the talent. It was perfection. Uh, yeah, it has been quite exclusive to Cody segments so far. Yeah. So that Cody Sammy Guevara package as well was very similar. So yeah, hopefully they do get let other people have this level of. Yeah. production value and uh, just behind the scenes I imagine this is Kevin Sullivan's production mm. company that's pro- that making this stuff heading it up creatively they were the company that AW kind of poached from Impact but poached. Same- <laughs> well there's two sides to this story some some reports say poached well, others say Ke- Impact Kevin- weren't paying them well Kevin <laughs> Sullivan's own uh, company said we tried to reach out to Impact to secure a deal and they never replied to us yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so we went to go get work elsewhere because I've got, we've got to get paid yes um, then we got Britt Baker versus Rio yeah yeah and Rio and, and I actually only just noticed this when they were doing the, uh, the, the, the graphics and everything undefeated in singles competition mm. Rio currently I love the wins and losses yeah which it really adds context and depth to stuff and they put over the because Britt Baker got a black eye last week in her match with B Priestley but she the, the, she told the makeup lady backstage explicitly mm. not to cover it up because she <laughs> wanted a constant reminder of what B did to her and use that as her motivation in the match really nice character B for for Probably the the most lacking in character depth in their women's division. And you're talking about Brit? Yeah. yeah. I think she's very one-dimensional so far. I haven't really seen anything to, to go deep. Yeah, I, I think... And I don't want to try and just repeat what I'm going to say in my review that comes out later. But I do think that in comparison to WWE, NXT, even Impact, AEW haven't got the best women's division. Mm. Like, they are... Fairly far. I mean, they've, they've got a better women's division than Ring of Honor, like that, as as a way to sort of yeah, as a way to sort of put them over. WWE signed up everyone. Well, that's it. WWE hoovered up all of the talent, um, but what they have got is a really strong foundation. Mm. And credit to the company, they are giving the the women that they currently have time to get the matches over because sometimes these matches start and the crowd are not really that into yeah. it because they're not really that into the characters. But by the end of the match, they really are. I mean, if you give time, if you give things time to get over, eventually they just stay over, and women's matches will then get the reactions you get at the end, also at the start and in the middle. So they are laying all of these foundations to build a very solid women's division, which I think is it's, it's a credit to them. And that's paying dividends with Rio because yeah. she is so over. Yeah, and you know, I think I said it last week. She's not my kind of wrestler. I, you know, she doesn't look believable at all. I'm so into her. Yeah. And she's so, I've written here, she's so effing cute and cool at the same time. I love her double foot stomps. Yeah. They're so cool. Oh, and especially really, the roll through one that she does. It was a really cool sequence where it was the heel hook from Rio. Britt gets to the ropes and Rio immediately jumps up, double stomp, then yeah. runs double knees. Yeah, really like all of it. And uh, it was a really smart finish, actually that Rio, um, Rio's in the lockjaw yeah. from Britt Baker, and Rio just... She's trying, to get the ma- she's trying to get the mandible claw, so I think, but Rio's got her mouth closed. She's like trying to like sort of move away, and then she uses that momentum to mm. roll Britt Baker into the pin. I thought it was a really, really smart finish. And I'll be honest, I totally bought into the finish. When she did all the moves leading up to the lockjaw, and then essentially got it all the way, and I was like, oh my God, they're going to crown a yeah, champion. Yeah, yeah. They're going to do a title change here. I totally bought into it. I thought it was a, a brilliant finish. And they have a respectful handshake after. This This is all very good. Yeah. A rip, home run segment. 
Um, they give an update on Christopher Daniels. He's, he's mobile mm-hmm. now. He can move, yep. which was just a nice touch. Then we got Lucha Bros versus Jurassic Express. Um, for, it was out of their hands, unfortunately. It really is, yeah. As we just heard, Luchasaurus... Despite not really having appeared at all yet on Dynamite, he wasn't on no, he's had episode. he's had one dark match, one AEW dark match. He's one of the most over things in the company, and that's really off of All Out. He just something clicked, it caught fire, and the double or nothing uh, Casino Battle Royal. He was like in the final four of mm, that, and yeah. then you know got this tag team with with uh, Jungle Boy. He's out for months with a quad injury. According is to PW Insider, oh, because okay, I know PW Insider reported uh, earlier that it was a hamstring injury, quad tear. Oh, it's a quad. That sucks. Quad, quad is the front of your leg. By it's the way. it's what took out um, Triple H for mm-hmm. you know for you know for a year was his torn quad. That, Hopefully, it's not a massive quad tear, but yeah, that's a real real shame. Yeah, was that top top merch? Uh, was Apart those from those Jurassic Circle, Express yeah. ones. Yeah, so a, re- a real yeah. shame. I-, I didn't know that when Marco Stunt and Jungle Boy came out. Neither did I. It was only until because I wrote my review. Not so much down on the match, but I was just almost saying, like, from a very entitled point of view, oh, I, I just wanted Luchasaurus in this. Oh, it was hamstring. Randy was wrong. Andy's now updating it. It was a hamstring. Okay, so which, a hamstring tail, which, which is the back. That's, um, that's not as bad. It's yeah. still bad, and he's going to be out for months, but it's not like he might be out for a year. So that's good. Thank you very much for the, for the update on that, Randy. Um, but yeah, I, 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 in, as I said originally in my review, I'd kind of written like, this match was missing Luchasaurus. And as much as I like Marco Stunt and, and I like this group, this match really needed Luchasaurus there. But when I saw it was like an injury, it's out of their hands. I was like, you know what? It's not fair for me to, to really say that. I, I still feel like it was missing his presence. But oh, yeah. it's, it's not AEW's fault that he wasn't there. Yeah. And it's, it's a real shame because then you've got two matches where you haven't... The three-man factions haven't got their decided two-man lineups. Yeah. It's just... It's clunky. But it's out of their hands. You can't blame them for it, unfortunately. Do you want to hear... Um... But the, I still thought they, they had a, a great match for what it... For, for what they had to work with. Well, I, what I loved about this match is this was the perfect example of accentuating Marco Stunt's upsides mm. and being like, let's use Marco Stunt to his full potential and what he does best, which is being ragdolled around, flossing and oh, being... See, that's... Flossing and... That's the bit. Surprising people when he does mm. big moves. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to hear Jim Cornette's review of the match? Jim Cornette's reviewed the most embarrassingly rotten stinky tag match in the history of wrestling just took place on AEW Dynamite and the Ding Dongs are now in second place for worst all time tag team who's the first (laughs) I don't know it's probably Joey Ryan and Candice LeRae okay well you know that's obviously a lot of hyperbole there it's it's very cornet. A lot of hyperbole, and even if you take the hyperbole out, I I really disagree with what he's saying. Uh, it's not his style of wrestling. He doesn't like comedy. He, yeah, uh, funny so, don't make money according to Cornet. So tell that to Colt Cabana. Let's let's give our version. Let's yep. give what our interpretation of it. The story was the Lucha Bros were like these two are jabronis. They even got the mic. Pentagon cuts this awesome promo in a mixture of Spanish and English. Sadly, this is all in the ad break. 
Oh, seriously? Nice, well, I, I, so I th- as an experiment, I watched an American feed of this today because I wanted to see what the sort of differences were. And yeah, this was in uh, an ad break. Because I did, I watched the American feed last week. Oh, and really? You, and I and watched the said, Fight TV feed. I was feed. like, oh, I kind of, <laughs> imagine that, missing the bits. Yeah. But I, I, wa- I want to see every single second. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I watched that. Well, okay, that's a shame. That's where Aubrey Edwards, Edwards steals the mic off of oh, Phoenix. Oh, right, cool. And sort of tells him, get in the ring. Yeah. But the story is, the Lucha Bros just think these two are jabrones. Marco Stunt is very, very small. And they beat them up. They just annihilate Marco Stunt. But then Marco Stunt makes a bit of a surprise comeback. Yep. And then the Lucha Bros kill them anyway. Oh, yeah. But, you know, Jungle Boy's absolutely amazing. So so good. Do you notice they keep calling him Jungle Boy Jack Perry as well, being like he's a Perry kid. It's like, <laughs> let's get let's get, it, get the name over. He's not just Jungle Boy. He's also the son of Luke Perry. Uh, but I thought he was so so great in this match. He feels like he should be a top star uh, in this company. I just think he's just wicked. I I mean I I like Jungle Boy a lot. Uh, I didn't see that. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. I'm not saying he was bad or anything. Yeah. I just. I, I didn't notice him in this match. I thought I thought both him and Stunt were very very good in this match. But then again, you know, as well as Pentagon and Phoenix mm. were as well. What? Any moments in particular? Um, well, the the uh, the six one nine into the German suplex I thought was really really nice. Um, they did the the four fifty splash from Marco Stunt and the running um, shooting star press from Jungle Boy. I just think that he's just got a star presence about mm. him. Maybe it is just a, a presence thing as opposed to spots in particular. I just think he just always comes across really well. I just, literally all my notes here are Lucha Bros <laughs> and how amazing Lucha Bros are when they, they came are captivating. out and their their pyro similar to Kenny Omega later I was just like these guys are on another level oh yeah um, and yeah I thought the Lucha Bros were fantastic the, what was the oh, P- Pentagon does a one arm gorilla press yeah. on stunt so he's got gorilla press then he just goes one arm because stunt's so light and then he just lobs him into a phoenix super kick yeah <laughs> and so uh, good. They had a Jungle Boy uh, had a near fall. And then we got a Canadian destroyer by Pentagon Junior to him, and then it just starts swinging Marco Stunt around. They broke the arm, did the foot stomp into the package pile driver, and I love this as well. So Phoenix jumps off the top rope to do the foot stomp into the package pile driver, hits the ground, instantly is running to the ropes to do a dive onto Jungle Boy in the outside. Yeah, just to make sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, that's what they should do. They're a tag team. Exactly. Completely murderized poor Mark St- Marco Stunt. Mm. Well, and his so this is nitpicking. Uh, Marco Stunt is worked over for five seven minutes, brutalized, yeah. like real like, chops everything. He does the hot tag to Jungle Boy. I'm not kidding. Thirty seconds later, hot tag back to Marco Stunt. Marco Stunt's back up, starts hitting all his moves. Mm. So just like yeah, yeah that's fair. really. I think that's fair enough. Yeah, I, I would considering the the visible size difference. Yeah. Stunt should just be dead. Like, the hot tag should be the last thing he does in this match. That's the... Cornette isn't 100% wrong. He's 99% wrong in my eyes. <laughs> yeah. But th- th- that's a 1% bit of... Yeah. I actually agree with... I think that, which I think is, a, is a, an... a sentiment, a version of what Cornette's saying. And that's an excellent bit of criticism. Um, and then we got... Oh! <laughs> Hello! Pac and John Moxley versus Hangman Page and Kenny Omega... Just on paper, 
Just on paper, that match works for me. You've got to say Moxley's oh, name. Oh, sorry. Jian yeah. <laughs> Moxley. Sorry, I do apologise. Uh, he got a really cool inset promo when he came down to the ring where he's sitting in an empty arena and he's just saying, I'm the top of the food chain. Oh, I just got such a good delivery. It was um, so Gorilla Position, um, a, a fantastic podcast, by the way. Um, they're back on a weekly basis now because oh. um, they just got there's so much wrestling. They were like, well, let's bring it back as a weekly podcast. They were just going to a monthly thing, but they are reviewing AEW shows within all of this. They're they're a WWE endorsed yeah. podcast. They are like the only WWE endorsed podcast. Um, but they are covering AEW in there because they want to kind of like you know as uh, cover as much as possible. And um, James Delo on the most recent episode did point out actually is that the one thing that AEW really stands head and shoulders above in terms of WWE is its promos. And he was talking about the Jericho promo from last week. He's like, you forget how good Jericho is until he's just let to run free and do what he wants. And you said it last week. It was the off mic thing of like, we the people sucked. It's dead. It's buried. It was bad creative. And like that felt like an off the cuff thing. In fact, all of it feels so off the cuff. And this Moxley promo felt like it was written by him. Mm. It was worked out by him. Yeah. And it was delivered by him with little direction. Everything about this in terms of like where the lines go, where the sort of intonations come in, it was brilliant. Just so, and it was such a simple promo as well, which is just like, we need to reestablish the food chain here. Yeah. Like, and that's, that's essentially what the promo was. Just like, I'm the top dog around here. Like, I'm going to eat everyone. But we just need to reestablish the food chain. I thought it was great stuff. Uh, he, he comes down uh, and he's tagging with Pac and they still play that dynamic of, yeah, but we hate each other. Yeah. From the get-go. We're not on the same team. The finish, yeah. And um, I think this was in the ad break, but there was a CZW chant from the crowd <laughs> nice. for Moxley. And then Pac grabs the mic and is essentially like, shut up. <laughs> That's uh, and, great. <clears throat> and then Mox grabs Justin's mic and says... We're in a commercial break right now to pay the bills, but we're here to fight, so let's do this. And then they came back from commercial. Oh, so the whole crowd were like, "That's very good." That that that's WWE smarts. That absolutely is. it is. That's yeah. really really good. And this was just all action all the time, and it was just wonderful. the The series of Snapdragons that uh, Kenny yeah. Omega was doing to Pack and Moxley. Moxley, sorry, Omega and Hangman had this incredible sequence of moves where they almost felt like they were an established tag team. Like yeah, their yeah. moves just flowed seamlessly <laughs> into each other. Well, they're they're very close, aren't they? Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I just thought it was really really cool. The slingshot cutter by Pack. We had a this is awesome chance. Page his dive onto mm. Pack on the outside was a hundred and one miles an hour. <laughs> And he pushed Pack into the next state. He yeah, just yeah. launched himself into him. It's uh, it's like you know serves in tennis. Yeah, I would say, and they go so fast. And like the top female serve is Ember Moon, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's that dive. I th- I think like the top male serve, which is usually a good thirty miles an hour harder. It's probably more actually. That's Hangman Page yeah. in terms of. Like if, if you think Ember Moons is the hardest dive, Page is thirty percent more than that. And then we got probably the killer spot of this match is when because Page had done this dive to the outside onto Pack, 
Moxley and Omega come face to face. They get nose to nose. This is full gear opponents. So cool. They were just nose to nose. And the crowd were just getting so amped up for this. And they brawl. And then they both roll to the outside because they both got the same idea, which is getting the weapons that were introduced last week. So um, uh, Moxley's got the barbed wire baseball bat. Moxley has got the barbed wire. I called it a broom last uh, A mop last week. It's not. It's a broom. And then he, they both get into the ring. And the referee just goes, I'm done. Yeah. The yeah. referee's <laughs> like, I'm out of here. I'm not getting involved. See you in later. This. See you later. And he just bails out of the ring. And then it leads to the finish where Pac gets in and he grabs the weapons from both of them and he throws them outside the ring. And he could tell that his hand was cut open mm. like because he just literally just grabbed that out of people's hands, the barbed wire, and just starts shouting at Moxley and just being like, think. Because he does what... He's he doesn't about, want to lose. He's he hasn't not, lost yet. He's not been pinned in, a, in AEW. So he's there doing Moxley. Think about it. We're going to get DQ'd. Just use your head. Moxley just looks at him, gives him the double finger, paradigm shift, and just walks out. Yeah. It was badass, man. Yeah. It was badass. And then there was a, a stiff knee from Page, Omega Page, double team, dead eye for the pin. Yeah, when you get like it, because. Like, Pac gets up from getting the paradigm shift. The next thing he sees is Hangman Page's lariat coming right to his face. There's a big flip dive over it. And he scrambles to the ropes to survive that. Boom, V-trigger. And then he walks into... Well, then Omega just picks him up and throws him into a uh, a, bu- a dead eye for the win. Oh, it was awesome. And they and it builds to a match next week. Mm, and Pac sold it brilliantly. Yeah. Like, he was... Like, he, his leg was kind of broken to the right. <laughs> the way he was just laying dead. It was really good. I'm going to nitpick. Go ahead. So I think there is a, a way to... I, I loved it. I think it's a great idea. I think there's a way to do it better. Okay, that is... I was surprised by how much Moxley and Omega fought in the tag match. Mm-hmm. If this was me in charge, or at least someone was like, what do you think? <laughs> I would have I would have kept them apart and told the story of every time Omega's in there. Mox wants to go for him, because of course he does. He's unhinged. He doesn't really care about this tag team. But Pac... Tags, tags in. himself in. Yeah. So you keep Moxley and Omega apart. So when they do have that face-to-face, that's like, oh my God, this is the first time they've been able to do this. Then they get the weapons. Now they're going to go for it. Doesn't happen again. Because they still haven't, apart from that first episode, they haven't properly clashed yet. And I thought this was, that was undermined by the amount of interaction they had in the bulk of the tag. I think that, that is a fair criticism. I'm not, I'm not going to say I 100% agree with you on that one. Um, if only because I still popped massively for the, the, the nose-to-nose. Yeah, well, yeah, it was still a great moment. I, I just think it could have could have been even better. Um, but uh, the match announced next week is Pack versus Moxley, um, as well oh. as those tag tournament semifinals. Britt Baker's going to be in action in her hometown, and the Young Bucks are in action too. Both semi-finals. Both semi-finals taking place next week. Yes, yeah, so we've got SCU versus the Dark Order and Lucha Brothers versus Private Party. Excellent. Uh, so we'll get uh, overall four out of five show. Four Easy. out of five show. Easily Easy. for me. Easy. Yeah, easily. So let's get on with your super chats. Ulatan says, what if they used the ropes as a means to escape? Yeah, this is what um, Housemate Simon has said in the office. It was like he could have told the same story if it was just Alan was getting to the ropes and using that to pull himself out of the ring and pull himself out of the hold. It's what Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks did in their submission match. Yeah, exactly. Really, really good way to, to use leverage. But they didn't tell that story because the referee was telling yeah. us to break it up. 
Uh, Tim Arndt, I was trying to listen to Jericho's promo, but Santina Santina? Santana or Ortiz was repeatedly screaming the best. Were they listening to the Food Fighters? I saw Steve uh, here make that joke as well. He just posted a gif of uh, Dave Grohl doing the best, the best. Uh, Yes, uh, LAX going full Dave Grohl during Jericho's (laughs) promo from Canelli Probabelli. Yeah, I, I like the fire, but they should have it was a bit difficult. I, I didn't hear it until oh, it cut back to them. No, I could, I could hear it. Quite. Really, I, I, it, to be honest, I didn't notice. I was just, I was so engrossed in what Jericho was saying. And all elite DK says AEWSF, so Street Fight, is a normal match with weapons. It has DQ. I, I well, tell tell that to the Philadelphia crowd exactly. because they didn't buy into that. I think sometimes you got to go look. Whatever your intellectual justification for is it, it is. It didn't work for the live crowd. No. Yeah. Uh, AEW in general is our next topic of conversation. This comes in from <laughs> Tim Arndt, who says, How dare AEW plant seeds for matches weeks in advance? What do they think this is? Pro wrestling? What do they think we are? <laughs> People to be respected as wrestling fans. Uh, Fritz, um, XXITFK777, says, Random deathmatch Moxley and Pack versus Britain Brawlers, Battle of the Hard Bastards. For the Britain Brawlers. That's... Um, uh, only Lorcan and Danny Birch. Right. Oh, because there's a British American connection. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. Dead art. Uh, the Adnap 2 says Jericho probably offered them all the Fozzie songs for their themes, and AEW said, no, we'll use these generic <laughs> ones. Oh, but guys, I've got all this music. I'm, I'm a team player. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, good. Your, yeah. for you it works for your character man yeah. it doesn't really work for everyone else it would be weird if Jericho sang everybody's theme tune even guys he's feuding with yeah totally kind of want that to happen <laughs> still getting all those royalties <laughs> uh, Nate Drop's surname said Aubrey did a solid interview on Van Vliet's channel I'd be interested to listen to that I don't know anything about her yeah. apart from how she's presented as a as a wrestling referee I don't follow a lot of wrestlers on Twitter I just don't. It's just not really my thing. Um, but I've there are a few AEW wrestlers that I've followed because I've been very interested to see what they are like as sort of people outside of the ring. And Aubrey Edwards is the first referee I've ever followed on Twitter because I'm like, I'm so into you as a character. Mm. I, I just want to see more of you. Yeah. It's the first uh, non-wrestler I've ever followed in terms of a wrestling thing, and re- referee-wise, anyway. Um, Adam Southfield said, Aubrey has um, Sierra Miedo in dealing with the Lucha Brothers. Zero fear. Indeed. Sorry if I pronounced that wrong as well. I'm not very good. Uh, Colby Dennis says, AEW is doing a great job in creating new talent for new fans to get behind. Yes. Yeah, yeah look, like Scorpio Sky every week. They're building an, at least one person. Like last, uh, the first week was Sammy Guevara. This week it was Darby Allen and uh, Scorpio Sky. Yeah, really good. And they dropped something. This is true. I hope it is. Uh, Gorilla Position has been renamed Dusty Position in AEW. I hope that's true. Ah. That is beautiful. If it's true, that's really sweet. Yeah. Um, Benny Sato Tomo's number one fan hashtag I'm going to read that one um, I hated Dean Ambrose but John Moxley has been great and I have so much more respect for him as a pro wrestler and a promo just makes you think about all the people who are in similar situations in WWE right now who have all this creativity and just aren't getting the chance to show it yeah um, so on the subject of wrestle talk, Steve Winyard, a lot of clickbait accusations from the chat and online. Maybe reconsider your video titles. It's a it's a fine balance to walk because we need to. I would 
Clickbait implies that what we then say has no bearing to the title. Exactly. It's what clickbait um, means. But what we do is salacious titles. Yeah. To, to, you know, because we want people to watch the videos. That's the most effective way to do it. So, and, and you know, we, we play it by ear. We've usually got a, a rule where if the, there's a over 5 or 10% thumbs down to thumbs up ratio, we'll go, hold up our hands. Sorry, we miscalled that. And we'll change the title. But, yeah, that's... It hasn't happened. It hasn't happened. Uh, then KJ, can you do a video or live stream about the best and worst moments of wrestling in the 2010s? Mm. Maybe around... Uh, end of year. End of year, because it's also the end of a decade. It is indeed. Yeah, we'll Scary times. Tomo. 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 Hey, boys. Even though I had a rough day, watching today's stream has helped. Oh, well, thank you very much, Tom. Hope your day improves, mate. Hope your day gets better, like a Dick Van Dyke impersonation. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Uh, Tyler Bailey just became a pledgehammer on Patreon. Cheers, guys. Enjoy a little bit of the foamy. Well, thank you very much, sir. I saw your message earlier, actually, on uh, in our Patreon community tab. He's using the money that he's no longer spending on the network uh, to become uh... a pledgehammer. So thank you very, very much. We are taking money off of Vince McMahon's table. In the same way that NXT was put onto USA Network to siphon viewers away Mm. from AEW, our Patreon is there to siphon away network subscriptions. Uh, Tim Arndt, just finished my exams yesterday. Thanks for getting me through them for these last few weeks, fellas. Love you. We love you, Tim. Thank you you so, so much. Um, The best of luck in your exams. I hope it, yeah, I hope it all went well. Robert Wright, one of my favourite podcasts. Oh, Wow. Well, I don't know when that came in. You mentioned gorilla position earlier. Very true. He, he, he might have been saying. talking about gorilla position. <laughs> uh, Brian Galler. Her or Gur? Galler. Gur. Brian Gallagher. With a very generous oh, right. donation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very generous donation. Morning, guys. Here's money. And by the way, it is Gallagher, not Gallagher. Well, that is interesting because usually the American way of saying it, which is incorrect, is Gallagher. Whereas we in the UK would say Gallagher mm. in the same way. Like, they get the Gallagher's, yeah. Noel and Liam. Thank you very much for your support. In the same way that Americans also can't say the word, say the name Craig. Craig? They say Craig. Yeah. It's Craig. It's different. Yeah. It's just different Just stuff. different, mate. I mean, they're, they're a very long way away. So it makes sense that words will have different pronunciations build mean? up over time. Yeah. I, I say a lot of Americanisms now. You do because you say schedule. I say store. I will say store rather than shop. Really? Yeah, all the time now. And also pants. I nearly said pants the other day instead <gasps> no of <way>. trousers. <laughs> Dwayne Cooley. I was there live last night. Wow. And had a little too much of the bubbly. <laughs> to remember how much I enjoyed it until your review. Thank you. Well, thank you, Dwayne. I think that shows, you know, if usually, I'm not encouraging drinking, but if you... If it's good wrestling mm-hmm. and you just you, do, you don't really notice how much you're drinking, those are the best re- wrestling experiences. Um, spe- you're having so yeah. much fun. Speaking of that as well, I wanted to sh- show you this. And if you saw this, but um, Christos Petrao, one of our big Patreon hey, pledge yeah. hammers, was there at the show wearing the black and white with his partner support Wrestle Talk T-shirts. Look at that. That is like this is going to be a niche reference. That Star Trek episode, original series, when they had two warring races from yes. the same planet, one, one with a black, black yeah, 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 a black face, half white, and the other guy was just the same colors but reversed. Yeah. So it was a big comment on racism. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, I thought those shows weren't political. 
That's what I've seen. Is, that's a recent bit of discourse I've seen. Star Trek's never been political. Star Wars was never political. No, Star Wars is was never political. Mm. <laughs> Not intentionally. But Star Trek was overtly political. <laughs> yeah, no. That was the whole point. You had, in the height of the Cold War, you had a, Russians, Americans working together. But I saw it as a criticism of the new Twilight Zone as well, saying like, hey, the original Twilight Zone was never this political. I'm like, guys, did you watch that show? <laughs> uh, Rocky Balboa, with a very generous donation as well. As well. Hey, WrestleTalk, Luke and Ollie. Hey, Rocky. Hey, Rocky. Hey, Rocky. Uh, so this is uh, Misk and New since we started recording. Thank you very much, Lady Lou. This comes in from Seth Amphetamin. Says, what do you guys think of NWA Power? I think it somehow got better than Raw and SmackDown with a fraction of the budget. Lovely time with the boys. Also, AEW was great again. Love it. I haven't seen a whole episode yet, but the clips I have seen, that, that promo from last week, uh, I keep wanting to call him Magnus, I'm so sorry. Nick Aldis's match, it's just, and his promo, it's, it's a niche product. Yeah. It's got a ceiling. It's never going to be a big mainstream thing, but why would you try and compete on a mainstream level when you've got WWE and AEW who already occupy that space? Genius presentation, genius business move. I think it's great. Uh, Fire Dog Games says, I missed the raw lie, but wanted to tell Luke and Ollie that not wanting smoke comes from the phase where there is smoke, there is fire. Well, funny you should say that, Fire Dog Games, because, and this is one of my favorite things about scrolling through the comments on Monday's video, there were 10,000 different explanations with every one of them going like, this is the real explanation. So apparently it could mean hundreds of things. I'll make a real reason episode tomorrow. <laughs> Clickbait. <laughs> Uh, on that subject as well, we also had a, a, a message from the mayor of Painesville, Dan. Mm. But he had sent his message uh, just as we were saying. That's all we got time for today. Oh. So, but he, I, I have got it from him. Um, oh, but I've geez, just, I've just Dan. remembered. Um, basically, asking, uh, what do you guys think of the current situation? Two hundred five live is in, and how does it compare to uh, NXT season five and ECW towards the end? Oh, uh, yeah. Who should main event the final episode? So there's n there's not been anything about two hundred five live being cancelled, but the it's qu it's quite obvious where this is going yeah. with a lot of 205 live guys being drafted to raw or smackdown it's the been cruiserweight the, titles the NXT on NXT cruiserweight title now uh it's even had the redesign as well like it's mm, a black and gold belt uh yeah so do they do a final episode yeah, I, I mean, I, I just get all the former... But a lot of your former champions have left either via disgrace or wanting to leave. But you, you know, you've got... Yeah, Enzo Amore and Rich Swan are the ones that jump to mind. It's not that they can bring them back. Pack. Pack's got... Yeah, he's, he's busy elsewhere. Uh, so really, the only people you've got left who define 205 Live now, Buddy Murphy, Cedric Alexander, Drew Gulak. Ali. Ali. Yeah. Yeah, who, who are people who haven't been on it for a while. Uh, Jude Augustine says, uh, let Fiend win the WWE Universal Champion, uh, come to SmackDown and challenge WWE Champion, do a title unification for the Universal World Championship. That's not a terrible idea, but I think the aim is to have Raw and SmackDown as distinct brands, and you yeah. need top titles on both to make that work. Uh, DJ the Second says, which is the more impressive feat, WWE ruining the Fiend or AEW getting a referee over? Aubrey, <laughs> don't take no S word. Thanks again for all you do. WWE ruining the fiend. Yeah. It was almost an impossible task. Um, this comes in from uh, All Elite DK, who says, Seth needs Riho Coaching Institute to survive fiends. And in what way? Just uh, how to get over Maybe. as a babyface. Yeah. Um, 
But actually, like on that subject, do you see Roman Reigns' interview where he criticised the, where he agreed with the criticism of Hell in a Cell, where he said, "I don't think it was a good finish either," mm. but I don't attack the wrestlers for that. And he effectively says, "I give a lot of respect to Bray for going out there and doing what he was told to do." You know, and it was a brilliant, brilliant interview. And I, I said in the news yesterday, yeah, he needs to have a word with Seth. He needs to have a word with Seth and sit him down and be like, "Mate, this is how you do it." Yeah, this is a, this is a very simple way to do this. Don't be on Twitter what actuallying people and being like, "Well, actually." Because it doesn't help your cause at all. And all Elite DK again says the commentators need to put the rules over clearly. Commentators did. It's the live audience that didn't hear what the the, the problem was. Uh, John Ruffin says, uh, do you think Hangman is a mid-carder? Unfortunately, yes, right now. He did feel the least over of those four in the ring in the tag match. Um, Considering that he was going for the world title quite recently. Yeah, but I mean, that was one of the problems leading up to that, is that he was booked in mid-card matches. You know, four ways with MJF. uh, Yeah. Other matches, <laughs> I just yeah. Sabian as well. Yeah, he, he's he's a very good wrestler. He hasn't clicked. That doesn't mean give up on him. It no. just means let's put him back down for a bit. Solid mid card act, maybe lower main event. Occasionally gets like Darby Allen feels hotter than Page right now. Yeah, he just had a match for the the world title. Page got a match for the world title. I'd, if I had to pick one or the other, I'd pick. Alan right now yeah and, and AEW were very very high on, on Hangman you know they're very good friends with the people who are running the company and they want him to really be sort of like that face company he's young he's got a great look about him he's a fantastic in-ring worker so they, I think they have got high hopes for him and hope that he can get over to the level that they want him to I did see someone on Twitter today make the suggestion I thought I'd pose this to you as well which is turning heel and joining the inner circle as a real like I can't beat him so I'll join them type thing almost as if to be like what we're doing now isn't working let's try something radically different with the idea to be then we can turn him back baby face later down the line the the storyline justification definitely is there with him having that first match uh be uh, yeah you'd you'd need a good few months of story to make sense of that first so it's not something you could do like next week plus the real money for that is mjf turning so mm. I, I wouldn't want to do... That's very WCW to, to tell loads of stories like that, to yeah. join the same faction. Like, bad don't... side of WCW. Yeah. So uh, I wouldn't... Just uh, another thing on Paige, and this is a real testament to AEW. They won't push people who... Like, they won't over-push people. You know, you think of people who haven't really worked. Librarians, Dark Order, Nyla Rose, Hangman Page. Nyla Rose and Hangman Page had top title matches. It didn't, you know, they, they didn't knock it out of the park. They've been minimized on TV. Dark Order and the Librarians practically disappeared. So, well done, AEW, I'd say. Where's um, Statler and Waldorf? Waldorf. <laughs> he hasn't even had a chance, bless him. Uh, Brian Gallagher says, imagine what Bray could do in AEW with the freedom they allow. Yeah, but it's a different gimmick. Yeah, I'm not sure. The, yeah, I think Bray going or Wyndham Rotunda going over there and being like, okay, what character can I create that works within this AEW environment as opposed to taking the Fiend over? He could it, certainly do it. He's, he's amazing. Yeah. Uh, Jesse Ridgewell says, first ever Super Chat. I don't think there should be rope breaks in street fights. Also imagine Darby Allen can't tap because he's stuck in the, t- in the hold uh, till TV time ends. So I think he's saying, imagine if TV, if Derby didn't tap, he just, you know, once went to the time limit draw. Yeah, I, I, I thought they were going to do a pass out spot because I thought that was more Darby Allen's character rather than a verbal submit. 
which is sometimes worse than a tap out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like actually verbally saying, I give up, Yeah, is makes you look weaker than a tap. Uh, Jory Covington says, Darby Allen is like the new Jeff Hardy for me, mm. and I like it. Going to be excited to watch his journey to champion. That's a really good comparison, him mm. and Jeff, yeah. Uh, All Elite DK says, Rio kept her mouth shut to survive the mandible claw from Brit, so why can't Seth shut his mouth? <laughs> it's funny enough, whoever was doing our live tweeting yesterday for WrestleTalk said the exact same thing, yeah. being like, Seth, that's how you avoid the mandible claw, mate. <laughs> Don't open your mouth to him. Um, when he is on that, he should stop tweeting too. <laughs> that's the bit I was laughing at. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> and Kratos of Forgotten Son, who we uh, referenced hey. earlier, said, Hello, my friends. Fun crowd last night. Uh, the Philly Dark Show matches were Janela versus Cutler uh, and um, Nyla versus Lever Bates, Cody Bucks and Dustin versus Private Party and Stronghearts. Whoa. Oh, that sounds like a big fun match. Cody the Bucks and Dustin versus Private Party and Stronghearts. Yeah, wow. That sounds like a heck of a lot of fun. That must have just been pure house show, eight-man. And it was um, Excalibur and Taz doing commentary. Mm-hmm. Apparently Taz got what I, has been described as like a nuclear-level pop like for his return to Philadelphia. Yeah, um, apparently Dasha Fuentes has gone over there as well. Yes, I, I, yeah. I saw, yeah. yeah. I don't I was- know. Let's see how she is. Absolutely. Uh, and Rocky Balboa says, uh, you missed out Cruiserweight Champion Tozawa. Yeah, that was, was that one week? That was in PAX. That's right, yeah. Massive run yep. of like 10 months uninterrupted. <laughs> and then Tozawa beat him for a week because Vince McMahon was into just randomly doing title changes. Indeed. And a lot... Well, okay, so we're going to give a quick shout out here to uh, Richard Tavares and uh, Ricardo... Oh, sorry, Ricardo Tavares, both occasions mm-hmm. for uh, Super Chats Without a Message. Do you want to discuss your concerns about the title for this episode? Yes. Well, if you want to get into that. So, hey, man, this is what the Podswafters come for. I feel like we can be more open with yeah, the Podswafters. Yeah, yeah, because it's a, it's a longer form discussion. It's coming in your ears. Mm-hmm. Luke and I are, are coming directly into your ears. All right over now. them. And that was an old Peter K joke. It was, yeah. It was Chorley, Chorley, F- FM. Chorley FM coming in your ears. I thought that was mine. <laughs> Did you ever get that? Next thing you're going to tell me that garlic bread is... <laughs> It's the future. I've tasted it. God, I, that was one of the first stand-up DVDs that I ever like got obsessed with. It was so That was good. my gateway into better stand-up. <laughs> hey, now, Peter Kay is the king of stand-up. Yeah, it's really great observational British life stuff, yeah. When uh, I was doing my backyard wrestling days uh, when I was at university, my housemate's entrance music was the final countdown, hmm. but it opened with a clip from... Uh, I think it was Top of the Tower, the uh, the Blackpool show that he did, or it's from the or it's from the other one uh, from uh, Royal Albert Halls. When he says, when someone phones you in the middle of the night, you don't answer the phone. You just point to it and go, "Who's this? Yeah. <laughs> who's this calling at all hours?" And his his entrance music started with, "Who's this?" And then but a Daniel Bryan there as well. His old entrance music from Ring of Honor. So funny. Yeah. So. The, the original salacious title, I don't want to say clickbait because it's technically true, but it's definitely salacious that we were going to go for was AEW botch main event. Because, as you just listened to us talk about, there is a rope break in, a, in what is a DQ match. A no DQ match. A, sorry, a no DQ match. Yeah, because all the other matches are just, <laughs> it goes without saying. Yeah, they don't advertise this match. It's a DQ match. This one, well, they say one fall, 
Well, that's true. I've, I've, got, I've taken that as standard by now. But it's also in Philadelphia, which is... And you had Taz on, like that, for the dark matches. A lot of... It's evocative of ECW. And to have a rope break, which is what happened. I know mm. some people have tried to explain it away, and JR did his best. Yeah. That... It didn't... It, it jarred with me. It muddled the story and the crowd booed. Mm -hmm. So you can't really defend it. It was a mistake. It was a botch, but the botch is a very emotionally charged word. And I feel like all the tribalism right now, I'm actually fine making fun of like saying but anything WWE do wrong, botch. Because it usually is at the moment. Like It's quite a significant character flaw. This, in the grand scheme of things, isn't that big. Because a very enjoyable show. So I just feel like it would have been... It would have been too much to say botch because it it just makes people enter the episode like, oh, they hated this show. Well, that tr let me list, not listen otherwise. Well, exactly. They, it's the people who will comment before they've actually watched the video. They will comment on the title as opposed to the context uh, of the video itself. But we invite that by having what the titles are. So... I mm, no, I'd, uh, I, I'd say we invite people in to watch a video mm. and then let them make a decision based on that, as opposed to go into the video, press pause, and then leave a comment saying, this is clickbait, this is wrong, you're idiots. But at the same time, we are complicit because the major deciding factor people use to click a video is their title and the thumbnail. And those are the bits that we really exploit to get them to do it. And to do that, that's why he makes such salacious titles. Maybe maybe it's a generational thing, but I mm. think that anyone who watches a video and comments on it before they've even watched it is a blithering idiot. Well, uh, potentially, but also if the title is a question, maybe they're just getting there, which as usually are. But I want to see the person's mm. answer to that question. But people just comment, like I mean, they get onto a video, start commenting and write, thoughts as they're going on and like enter comment comment especially if it's a longer video we'll, we'll agree to disagree yeah. on, on that one but um we, we actually had loads of aew based emails oh, no. that i wanted to get through <laughs> but we actually are now not going to be able to get to uh many of them uh this one comes in from uh owen uh who says uh good morning luke ollie and the rest of the lovely boys just wanted to give you an update on how wrestling could be connecting with laps fans i work in an office of about 10 people everyone uh, knows i like wrestling as i will be a zombie on a monday after a pay-per-view but <laughs> no one will talk to me about it that all changed a few weeks ago one of the guys at work told me he was surprised chris jericho returned to wrestling and had gone back to wwe he was a laps fan from the attitude era i tried to explain he never left and he's now in aew mm. he couldn't care less but I have come into work this morning, morning after Friday Night Smackdown, and he telling me about Braun Strowman and Tyson Fury and how Tyson should not mess with Braun. He'd never seen or heard of Braun before. He's also telling me about The Rock. He did not watch the show, uh, did not watch the show, but he had seen the highlights. Don't know if it means much in the AEW WWE War of Resurgence in wrestling, but thought you might want to know. Yeah, well, main. That's exactly what WWE got for. Well, the actual reason is that they wanted to please the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia. Oh yeah, but. A secondary reason is that mainstream publicity. Tyson Fury is a huge star in boxing. Yes. So you're going to bring all of those boxing eyes who aren't wrestling fans, which is a sizable chunk, into that. So, yeah, it's. I don't know if that's a, a sign of wrestling's popularity. It's just that a the sign of... The ratings would suggest otherwise. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, sorry, I, I was going to, I know you'd set me up there to go into another email, but uh, my emails have just logged me out. So I've had to start all over again and, and log myself back in. I think we've got time maybe for just one more. Uh, this comes in from Ibrahim, uh, who says, uh, I was thinking about the whole N- AEW beating NXT in the ratings thing. First things first, I think most of us know that this week isn't the one to decide is the better show. So this is obviously in reference to the first week of ratings, I would assume. Um, actually, there's nine days ago, so this would have been second week of ratings mm. uh, because AEW had the curiosity bug. Now, my thoughts on what happened. Here's why NXT was uh, an 80%. I picked that number close to 100. Success. As someone who finds business and numbers interesting, I thought about some business and numbers. So if the Swerve Nation doesn't know, Dynamite pulled in 1.4 million viewers and NXT pulled in just under 900k. Let's say a third of those NXT viewers are diehard WWE fans who just won't watch AEW. That's 600,000 marks who would probably watch aew so aew probably has a solid two million viewers so that means nxt siphoned off a quarter of those viewers or almost a third of the viewers nxt was a losing money brand at least on paper on the network so going live not only changed contracts raised wages increased the number of jobs became a money uh, money gaining company and more important did what it's supposed to do take away aew viewers (laughs) i don't think a lot of that is i think a lot of that is very much speculation and pure guesswork yeah, so there's there are there's some interesting stuff to dive in there though. What I really find interesting is that six hundred and fifty thousand viewer rating for the first episode of Dynamite's replay. Because that to me, it it played immediately after Dynamite went off air. That to me are all the NXT people just switching over because they're hardcore wrestling fans. Yeah. They want to watch both shows, they're fine to watch all four hours in one night. So 650,000 people did that. That's not going to be the people who just watch the events. Let's just say 600,000. Yeah, that that actually works out. It's two-thirds of that initial NXT audience. Um, Both have dropped a bit since, which is to be expected. Uh, But NXT overall is a massively losing money brand. It's not like you suddenly... I think it's like a $40, $50 million deal over two years for Mm. NXT, which is more money than... which is money, yep. you know, as opposed to nothing that I were getting before. But that's after eight... Well, I don't know. When would you start tracking it? I mean, Six years? And think of all and the really money... And really, it was FCW before that. Yeah. Think of all the money that they've spent on that performance center, on wrestlers. And, but, you know, it's a developmental system at the end of the day. It's not meant to make money. Triple H tells us it's <laughs> a third brand. I know. Uh, it's not meant to make money, theoretically. If it does, that's a bonus. You're just meant to be improving talent to be called up to the main roster. But, yeah, I, I, I don't think that NXT could be considered a financial success mm. until two, three years' time completely agree with you but we are going to have to draw it to a close there thank you so much for listening uh ollie and i will be back on the friday episode of uh the wrestle ramble doing the magazine show and then pete and uh the friend dave will be here for saturday on smackdown take care i love you goodbye Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.